Two buddies dive balls deep into their wardrobes to define their existence and shape their realities. Join us as we start the process of building one dude's wardrobe by humorously analyzing another's. This is Can, Can I, I Pull This, pull this off? off? I love that you're doing this with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. say so i think what like roped me into all of this nonsense was dwight said hey jonathan talked a little bit about like fast fashion and sustainability on this episode and yeah. i know you have i wouldn't say lectured me but like i have i have thoughts feelings opinions etc on the matter and we talked about it a little bit and then somehow that spiraled into me sitting here for a scheduled meeting on a sunday <laughs> <laughs> And Monica helped me to start dressing in clothes that fit me more. She was like, you have a figure that you don't need to hide. You don't have to wear things to camouflage. Like, you're tall and thin. And that's a that's a, a stereotypically desirable shape. So just get things that fit tall, thin people and you'll be fine. What up, everybody? I'm Jonathan. I'm Ethan. And welcome to... Can, Can I, I pull, pull this off? On next week's episode, we finally go shopping and reflect on the trip afterwards. But until then, hungry for thirsty photos? Follow Ethan's journey on the gram at Ethan Wears Clothes 2021. That's Ethan Wears Clothes 2021 on Instagram. <laughs> Leave comments there. Drop us a voicemail at anchor.fm backslash can I pull this off or shoot us a message at can I pull this off bro at gmail.com. You made a Gmail address. <laughs> I, had add, I had to add bro. <laughs> Hungry for thirsty. <laughs> That's a great quote, man. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Today we're going to hear from our friends Dwight and Monica. We'll get your reaction at the end, Ethan, along with our habit of discussing a style quote. But for now, let's welcome Dwight and Monica to the podcast and jump right into that conversation. And Monica helped me to start dressing in clothes that fit me more. She was like, you have a figure that you don't need to hide. You don't have to wear things to camouflage. Like, you're tall and thin. And that's a, that's a, a stereotypically desirable shape. So just get things that fit tall, thin people, and you'll be fine. Ooh, I haven't listened to episode three yet. Uh, Dwight, du- should she? I think, I mean, it's, <laughs> you have a, a vested interest in, in how men's underwear fits a little bit. Um, you might have not an, really. Might have an opinion <laughs> on like the style. Or are you recording yet or no? I'm recording. I don't really give a shit about how it fits you. I only would care about what it looks like, Fair. unless of course there's some sort of anatomical compromise in the mix where you know something's painful and that prevents you from doing things that you would like to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put a crimp in my dick. <laughs> it's all the rage. It's a new style. Just, uh, just a minor correction, and I already texted you about this, but you said Mark Weldon. It is Mac Weldon is the underwear. Thank you for that correction. Yes, I said it about 15 times also. Hey, before we get started on our chat, what are you two wearing? Would you explain what you're wearing to our listener? <laughs> yeah, um, I am wearing a mixture of things that were gifted or new or bought secondhand. So I'm wearing this sort of, it's not quite a blazer, it's a popover it's called, but it's double-faced cashmere, which means it's really freaking soft on both sides. This was a secondhand purchase. 
My t-shirt is organic cotton from a company called Pact that has really excellent sustainable basics for men and women and kiddos. And my jeans are from Madewell. It's the only company I've found that makes women's selvedge denim and is using organic cotton and quality fair trade labor practices. That is awesome. What a theme and consistency and it looks great too. Thanks. Yeah. Double, uh, double faced. What did you call that? Faced. Double faced. Yep. Okay. It's very difficult to find for like normal amounts of money. Mm -hmm. So like Hermes produces garments <laughs> that are double faced. This is something that J crew made years and years ago. And I purchased it on Poshmark for about $80. Nice. And new, I think it cost 10 times that. Yeah. So, it probably belonged to Michelle Obama before you. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Same gun. You have, you have a piece of Michelle Obama's history. <laughs> Dwight, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. well, You're wearing? I am wearing. Uh, this is a sort of bomber, like a sweatshirty material lined with fleece, but I really like the texture of it. So it's got like the little, what is it, nap or neff or the little tufted bits sticking through the fabric that I like a lot. Um, wearing a pretty form-fitting Lululemon green t-shirt. That's my, my gravy. If we get into Monica's style philosophy, you may hear more about gravy. I'm excited to hear about that. Keep going, and Dwight. Dark wash jeans from one of my favorite pants companies and a natural leather belt from an online retailer that does sort of crowdfunded clothing. So a site called Gustin. They started out doing jeans and then they did leather goods and now they're doing sort of sky's the limit they have jackets and shirts and stuff too nice. your pants are from doer d-u-e-r yeah so i i was late to the the party on this company my mom sent me a pair of their pants years ago that were slacks that are like they're chinos but i wear them everywhere for everything they have been around the world and they still look great and yeah dress them up dress them down they're a little stretchy but not like elastic so they're super durable and these jeans are stretch denim but they look cool too. Yeah. Ellie the dog is also joining us and she's currently wearing a <laughs> Christmas themed hoodie that I purchased on Amazon that used to light up. Nice. And it no longer does. That's okay. What are you wearing? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm wearing a secondhand uh, merino wool, which I have, I have some issues with merino wool firsthand. Secondhand, don't care. And it is purple and uh, has a bit of stretch and I'm wearing my 501 Levi's that I classic. will, yeah, classic, and they last forever, at least for me. And I'm wearing Diodora brand uh, tennis shoes, white, like patent leather with uh, deep blue stripes. Uh, I feel like Dwight, you could, you could be in a movie set in the late 50s, early 60s. <laughs> Right? I'm not a greaser. I'm like, I'm one of the, the average high school kids. Yeah, but a cool one. Yeah, well, I, I would like to think so. I'm not a regular kid. I'm a cool kid. I'm a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the yellow stripes too on the cuffs and the, and the collar, Dwight. I like on gravy. I, when it comes to clothing, I have, that is part of what I have learned from Monica is to restrain or rein in the like, I want to have everything speak really loudly. And that that gets clashy and uh -huh. so maybe having the plaidish pants with the loud belt, with the fun shirt, with the bomber that has yellow stripes, like 
might be a little much. It's hard. It is hard to do that, right? Coco Chanel said you should you should edit or take off one thing before you leave the house. But for me, it's about three. I feel like you might be there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get down to let let the thing you want. So I, I mentioned in my feedback on the first episode, I was like, clothes are a way to communicate. But if you're always shouting all the time and everything <laughs> you wear is trying to talk, it's like interrupting itself and nothing gets its say. So. Yeah, everything in caps, multiple exclamation points. Monica, when I first saw you, I thought, oh, you look like um, a CEO who really gets her employees. And it's the weekend. You want to feel comfy, but you're still it's upscale. Favorite, it's my favorite position, Jonathan. That's <laughs> so nice of you to say. So before um, we talk more about why you two don't have a podcast, tell me if you have shit to give me other than Mac Weldon about episodes one, <laughs> one and two, Monica, and one through three, Dwight. What do you think I should be doing differently or better? Or how do you want to make fun of me in any possible way? <laughs> it sounds, does it sound sad to you? No, it's a, yeah. it's a cry for attention. Dwight, <laughs> Dwight gets this. I'm a masochist. I need emotional um, cut downs. You know, they say you should never yuck someone else's yum. So. Yeah, but if you ask to be yucked, then <laughs> the other person can do the yucking. Don't, yum. don't yuck it uninvited. But right. Maybe that's his yum is being yucked. I have to say, so I think what like roped me into all of this nonsense was Dwight said, hey, Jonathan talked a little bit about like fast fashion and sustainability on this episode. And yeah. I know you have, I wouldn't say lectured me, but like I have, I have thoughts, feelings, opinions, et cetera, on the matter. And we talked about it a little bit. And then somehow that spiraled into me sitting here for a scheduled meeting on a Sunday. <laughs> I have a kid. Otherwise, it could have been whenever. It's challenging. Thank you. It's fine. We both have full-time jobs. Yeah. And parenting is a second full-time job on top of your existing. <sighs> yeah. You are keeping it remarkably sane throughout this, dude. I, I do not know how you are doing it. Marijuana and alcohol. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are effectively legal in our state, so. I, mean... I was not expecting the level of testicular dialogue in <laughs> episode two. Ep3 takes that a step or two. Yeah, her. so that was interesting. Um, I don't even remember what we talked about with testicles in episode two. I just remember that I was listening, being like, boy, told me I should listen to this. And I like Jonathan. I don't know who his co-host is, but <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power through. <laughs> you would like Ethan as well. Good job. Good job, Monica. Uh, yeah. The, the ball's deep I could do without. I get it's sort of a pun. It's sort of not. It sets a tone that is only... That's, that's occasionally maintained throughout the episodes, but I, I don't need it personally. And that's <laughs> choice. You have chosen to go in a different direction, and that is also fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I remember the first time I heard that phrase. I was in my 20s. I'd never heard it before then. I think I was pretty sheltered, but I loved it. So <laughs> I was naked at the time. Thank you. <laughs> no, I thought it was so funny, and I also thought... Um, we're going to occasionally go to these places, Monica, in these conversations, Ethan and I, and I want to warn people from the very top. So if I don't maintain that, that tone, fine. But occasionally when we do dip into that tone, you've been warned in the intro. Um, no, but I think it's interesting to have the dynamic of someone who has strong points of view with fashion, coupled with someone who is kind of in sponge mode is what it sounded like to me is I want to learn. I'm interested in learning. Briefly, although she hasn't listened to the whole thing, you come down on the same side of the argument that she does. 
and I am on the other side where I want to roll my sleeves and slide it past my elbow. I don't have to mm. roll it past my elbow, but I don't want it below my elbow because it just feels like it's going to keep flopping down. I don't know. That's fair. Monica, react to that. <laughs> gross. It looks terrible. It is gross. It looks horrendous. We don't need to see these elbows. Wear a short sleeve shirt if you right? need like, it. Like cover your elbows if you're walking around. Um, I do have some sense that what women put up with in clothing discomfort is very different from what men are willing to put up with. In Absolutely. And it really shows in moments like that where, yeah, sometimes it's annoying if my cuff unrolls a little bit, but I'm not going to suddenly roll this several, you know, too high. The other thing I think is different is the dimensions of our arms. So visually, mm -hmm. what does it do when I roll a cuff above my elbow versus when Dwight does with his gorilla arms? It's, <laughs> it's a different visual effect that I'm generally not going for. Right, and most of society would not appreciate. Yeah, it's, I don't know, that's not what I'm going for. It's not yeah. what I'm looking to communicate. I do not need to accentuate the length of any of my appendages. It is fine. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Well, I mean, the, thank one, you. the ones I'm showing off. <laughs> uh, for, for the listener, he's already removed his pants. So we're, <laughs> we're seeing all of them. It's okay. <laughs> Family show. No video. People should know how tall you are, by the way, right? So we have to talk I am a six foot four individual who weighs a hundred and uh, pandemics, 170 pounds ish, usually 160. Tall and thin, <laughs> long of limb. Um, <laughs> I wear a 38 long suit coat, which cannot be found anywhere. So I buy 40 long and tailor in. Nice. I wear a 15 and a half, 35 or 36 dress shirt. <laughs> so little of neck and again, long of limb. Mm -hmm, uh, me too. And, and Your arms are longer, but that's about right for me. And then generally look for a 36 inch inseam if I can find it and gives me option to cuff pant if I need or uh, 34 can be long enough, depends on the, the pant maker. Yeah, your, your small waist and long legs are very challenging, I'm sure, to find pants for. Yeah, people, people who are more average height can, can hem their pants. I can go fuck myself. <laughs> Like, oh, I found something that is just perfect in the length and 45 in the waist or something. Else. Right. Yeah, our state is not, is not made of really tall, skinny people. It's made of larger people. How often do you get things tailored? Or how many items do you think you have tailored? How many do I think I have tailored? 15, 20? Like shirts? It's not suit. everyday wear. It's yeah, it's special nicer occasions. stuff. Okay. You mentioned in the la in episode three, you don't have things that have uh, fun linings because mm -hmm. that shit is expensive, which mm -hmm. it is. I found a really great uh, top coat at Jasmine, and oh, that's going to reveal to people where we are. <laughs> I will edit that out, but you, if you want to restate it, yep. a local store. I found a really great top coat at a local uh, menswear store, and it was on good sale. And I'm like, shoot, that's a good price for a thing, and it green and nice texture really fun like bright orange paisley lining it's that little pop of i feel good about wearing this and nobody else has to know but it definitely needed to be tailored to wear <laughs> was was a bag on me when i first got it yeah that's exciting that you found that and you put in the effort to to go through with the tailoring process because it is annoying first of all and also confusing if you don't know very much or even if you do know a significant amount of clothing, it's still confusing. It's not something you do very often. If I was handy with the sewing machine and that's something I keep 
toying with do I do I get one and like buy a cheap you know goodwill suit coat and play with doing yeah. my own tailoring and what can I how hard is it uh, not worth it yet but maybe if I tailored more things yeah my dad has a sewing machine and he uh embroiders leather <laughs> like bags for his Harley. It's a very specific usage that he has it for, yeah. He destroys sewing needles is what you're saying. Probably. <laughs> he should have an Etsy shop. He should. I should encourage him to do that. I've encouraged him to do a lot of other things recently. That's that's a new one. Do you do you get things tailored a bunch? No, never actually. <laughs> I've looked into it before and did you say why not? Yeah. Because I prefer to wait and find something that actually fits. And so therefore I've, I've missed out on a lot of different styles or purchases because I was unwilling to do that. Um, but then eventually found them and sometimes finding them secondhand is easier um, because of, of the fit or a more expensive brand fitting better and, and being able to afford it used. Um, but no, that's something that I, that I should embrace as I start needing to replace uh, clothing. I don't need to buy anything new <laughs> anytime soon, but as clothing that I own starts to wear or become more outdated or I gain weight or whatever, tailoring will probably be something I need to uh, call you about, Dwight, maybe, after I've done a cursory Google. Got, uh, I got two or three in town that, that I have either used or had very good friends use a lot, so happy to share. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think I could finally afford that. <laughs> Yeah. It's not or, as expensive as people think. No, yeah. 15, 20 bucks to alter a shirt and suits are a little more, but depending on the price of the suit you're tailoring, like. Yeah. There are also places to purchase clothing that it will include tailoring with your purchase. Like if you buy, J. Crew did that actually when we purchased a bunch of suits for our wedding. We bought suits for all of our grooms, dudes, whatever. <laughs> um, and that was just a, a free thing. I think Nordstrom includes that in a lot of their purchases too. And granted that puts you in a different purchasing bracket, it but does. that's not something that you're also uh, tacking on top of your purchase yeah. price is okay. I can get this to fit correctly the first time. What else would you like to share today? Fuck. I hate the French talk. It's so <laughs> dumb. It is not dumb. God, I dislike that style. Why? very very like I'm trying too hard but it can also look sort of effortless and it really depends on how you carry yourself mm -hmm. it's like wearing something that doesn't fit you you sort of walk around like the kid in the snowsuit where you're like a little starfish right like that's you're not selling that but if you walk around with a sense of confidence and like feel authentic in what you're wearing then mm -hmm. it works because I do it at work sometimes and I have not gotten the stink eye from you on my way out. <laughs> well, I guess if uh, whatever you're wearing, whether it is, you know, even well fitted or not, I certainly think that the clothes should be, but whatever you wear, if you wear it with confidence, it's going to look better. And the French talk, maybe it's all the people in, in the Queer Eye show are getting it as their inauguration to clothing is like, this is your silver bullet that will make shirts flatter your figure that <laughs> you maybe shouldn't wear. And yeah, that's not, that's not going to work. You're right. <laughs> yeah. In that show, they don't yet have the confidence needed to pull off that garment. So that is a fair critique of those specific scenarios, but you as a tall, thin person could do French check whenever the hell you want. I think, gosh, what's really tough in a lot of men's dress shirts, I think I've heard 
this come up on the show before is the billowing nature oh <laughs> when you go to tuck in shirts horrible oh my goodness hate it's it awful <laughs> and that cannot be saved by a french tuck no no way. not at all no i had that with pants when you met me like i was cinching my belt because my pants were oh. so because i had to go big enough in the waist to right. get the leg i thought that in order to be comfortable pants had to have tons of room in the leg I don't love mm. a slim pant today, but they can be a little, clo a lot closer than they were. Yeah. And to get that leg size, my waists were huge, which meant I was belting myself to death and there was all <laughs> this ruffled fabric and it was, yeah, it was awful. That's like a nutty professor kind of look. Totes. totes. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I really did do a public service uh, <laughs> to the folks in our community, but it comes down to, you know, being willing to look for stuff that fits. So to your earlier point about passing on things that didn't fit, the fact that that was your North Star of like, I'm going to get something that fits, that's so important. Yeah. Um, and I think part of what I was able to help Dwight see is, okay, so I'm a short person. I'm about five, three on a good day. And <laughs> I had the opposite problem from Dwight in terms of length on various garments and things. But it doesn't mean that everything I wear or purchase or whatever is dragging off my arms or, or my legs or whatever it's you have to just a know kind of how to describe what you're looking for um and then b don't settle for something that's not right unless you're going to have it tailored which to dwight's earlier comment he can go fuck himself i can just go get something hemmed <laughs> so the other thing that dwight has mentioned several times is gravy which sounds gross out of context yeah tell me about this Okay, so I didn't make this up. I think this was something that someone like Michael Kors said, and I don't necessarily view him as like my fashion out there shoe choice. It's just enough to keep it interesting without yeah. anything clownish. Something I am surprised not to have heard you mention to, to Ethan as like a direction or guide that I, I try to think of in terms of my clothing, and I think I got this from you, Monica, is saturation. So what are you, what are the levels of color you're wearing? Mm -hmm. And like dark, dark pants, my shirt is the pop. That is my contrast in saturation. But usually I try to keep outfits sort of all in the same weight of color. If I have a really strong, like deep, dark pant, I'm not, I'm often not going to wear a shirt that's really light unless I want it to stand out. And I think you could have achieved something similar. So the yellow in the stripe of the collar here, if this were paired with a neutral, like a gray, a white, uh, something like that. I think the yellow would be the pop and it would just yeah. look a little bit more conservative, but that's not really Dwight's vibe. No. So this is like the closest I'll probably ever get to like inflicting my style point of view on Dwight. <laughs> like toning it a little bit down. Rob, I, I almost wore a gray t-shirt and I'm like, nah, I wanna, I wanna pop a little more. It's a, it's a very gray <laughs> day today. It's middle of winter. Yeah. And I need color. I haven't seen color today. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and you can do that yourself with your clothes. Yeah. There you go. I'll be my own sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you two need to have your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot of me playing like video games on my iPad in silence and Dwight trying to encourage us to have conversations. <laughs> let's, let's cook something. Let's go for a hike. Oh my gosh. That no. sounds like my relationship with my wife, except it would be Netflix on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your comment, Monica, about like wearing a lot of black and then having dope ass shoes. Give me an example of a pair of shoes that 
you love that it's kind of loud and or really exciting that you would wear with more conservative clothing? Okay, this doesn't qualify as loud. Okay. So the shoe designer that I am obsessed with, uh, her, her brand is called The Office of Angela Scott. The tagline for her shoes is for women who mean business. <laughs> yeah. And that's you, Miss CEO. OMG. Um, they are handmade in Portugal. They're all like Goodyear welted so they can be resold over time. Oh my gosh. Dwight has just gone and curated a couple of what he knows to be my favorite pairs of shoes. Nice. <sighs> Love. Okay. So here's a pair of shoes in front of you that's like a mid heel. But these are multicolored snakeskin. The, the color tones in here are blue, black, and kind of an olive green. So what I would do with this shoe is have kind of a, actually these jeans are sort of a wider leg and then roll up the bottom and you can see just kind of the shoe popping a little bit. That's a fun thing. Another pair of her shoes, this is uh, a combat boot style. So oh, those are so are cool. Beautiful. This might be might be my favorite pair of shoes. I'm not sure. Suede upper. So suede upper with some broguing, but there's a tie, so to make it sort of authentically combat boot-ish, but then it's not because it's a white sole that's kind of a squishy, almost a crepe sort of vibe. There's a heel uh, piece sewn in that's silver or gold, depending on the play of the light and then it's nice. zipped on the side but these are incredibly cool um they're sort of the classic shape but then there's something a little bit weird about them yeah yeah this one definitely qualifies so a few years ago doc martens did a partnership with the tate modern museum in london shut up oh this is a podcast um <laughs> And so I was able to score the number one thing I wanted from that collection. So this is a classic Doc Martin boot, but it features scenes from Hieronymus Bosch, uh, the Garden of Earthly Delights. But this oh is the scenes from Hell. Um, they made a kind of a low top version of this that had scenes from the heaven portion of the art, but I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I mean, they're just so weird. And it, it yeah. comes down to like trying to keep usually the, the shape of the shoe kind of classic mm -hmm. and then having it be made of something or the colors or, or texture, like there's something a little bit twisted about that. That is some masterclass level shoe conversation right there. You're right. All of those were <laughs> really, really unique, but um, still classic. Yeah, great That's my vibe. I still have a pair of Doc yeah. Martens from 1999 they are brown because I was not into anything black <laughs> in 1999. And my leather, I had a leather jacket and it was brown. So everything had to be brown. Anyway, they're, they're the lower cut. So not the, not the high yeah. boot style. And uh, they are heavy motherfuckers and they have really lasted forever. forever. Yeah. You for that soul, man. Those will go. Yeah. 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 They're fabulous. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, there's really a lot cool. more where that came from. I buy a lot of stuff on Poshmark and we'll spend $20, $10 and get a really nice piece of Italian cashmere and I'm happy with that. That's amazing. A long time. So the environmental impact is easy. It feels better to not be constantly going and getting new clothes and, and buying things used, whether it's through a Goodwill or a, or a consignment site or something like that is, is a great way to help. Yeah. Some of that. 
I get very anxious about the environmental. I don't like to, yeah. I mean, I do too, yeah. but yeah, no, we don't. I also have this collector element in my brain that I really like to be constantly collecting mm-hmm. and that's not sustainable. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a great way to be necessarily, but sometimes it's just the thrill of the chase. Yeah. And, you know, to your point of waiting until you find the right thing in the right size, secondhand or something along those lines. I mean, I had been hunting for this pair of Doc Martens for, I don't know, three years before I I finally found them in my size. That is commitment. When the collection came out and you're like, oh, they're all out of the one I <laughs> The only want. one that I really want. Oh. Um, yeah, and that's really, really satisfying. Um, but the environmental factor is important and... Um, Gosh, it's complicated. It it I think I, what I heard you mention in a past episode was like it was a whole can of worms and you were afraid to open it. Like it's a whole thing once you start going down this road of you know sustainable purchasing. Um, and I'm gonna make what sounds like an outrageous parallel. So go for it. Sitting down. Um, <laughs> I facilitate a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion content for the company that I work for. And I occasionally hear people saying like, this is too overwhelming to even think about. I have so much guilt as a white person that I don't even want to start like really digging into what I could be doing or what I should be doing because it'll never be good enough. Mm. There's a, a lot of similarity with environmentalism where both of these things are worth doing for the humanitarian aspect and the like being a compassionate human in the world. No one ever crosses a finish line in, you know, racial justice work where you are 100% like, you got it, you're certified, you right. never think about this again. <laughs> and the same thing is true with environmentalism to, to a large extent, especially with living in the society we live in. Like, people don't all exist at the same level from an economic standpoint, so they don't all have access to the same purchasing power. Not everyone has access to the same vendors and stores and things like that. But where those two things really come together is thoughtfulness is key. You have to try to push yourself to make more decisions with intention instead of just, eh, this is the easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And with clothing purchases, if I need to replace a white t-shirt, I could just go on Amazon and make a purchase. That's an easy thing to do. But spending a couple extra minutes researching what are some sustainable brands that sell basics. And that's how I stumbled upon the brand of t-shirt I'm wearing right now. Their clothing is not expensive. It's not out of reach for uh, the average consumer. And it lasts longer than a lot of your fast fashion trash that's just meant to encourage the consumer. (laughs) It's meant to encourage the consumer to keep buying, keep buying, keep buying and stay up with the trends, which is exhausting. Right. Um, So it's worth adding that element of pause think about this. Am I buying this because I need it? Because it will fill an important gap in my wardrobe. Am I getting it from the right place? Do I have another option? Very well said. Wonderfully articulate pushback to some of the content from previous episodes. I appreciate that, Monica. Thank you. That said, I'm not perfect. Like my sweatshirt is from Amazon, right? (laughs) So (laughs) it's not a like all or nothing situation, but secondhand, which I know you also uh, have an affinity for that is my jam. I yeah. love browsing the real real. Have you ever yeah that site? Oh yeah. my gosh, it's 
addicting. I've learned to really just narrow my focus, right? Because there's a big difference between stuff that I like, which is just for the aesthetic of it, like that's a beautiful dress, to am I actually ever going to wear something like that? Right. So um, just trying to be more practical. Because a closet full of hero pieces, as some people call them, <laughs> is just a mess. I, right. It's a lot of gravy. It's apart, a lot of gravy. Apart from fit improving, I think that is the number one way you have helped me to choose clothing more carefully and not feel, I, I'm less anxious because I know the things when I decide to buy something, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to cost per wear. I'm going to wear that every other week. I'm going to like maybe every other day, like that is a thing that I will get mileage out of that will not go to waste versus, well, that's an awesome shirt that I think is so cool, have worn it once and never feel the need to reach for it in five years. Like Yeah. That. Let me ask you both about um, saturation of your closet and when you find something that you want or maybe even need um, do you have a personal rule about one in one out or is your closet just ever expanding like does. I'm starting <clears throat> to yeah I've hit I've hit capacity and I I am trying now to think of like Monica mentioned a moment ago the the holes in your wardrobe mm -hmm. what do you what do you not have? Well, I love a nice blue shirt. I have a fancy one. I have a, a chambray like work looking shirt and I have Ooh, a kind of, kind of, not clubbing, but like a more playful light, like thin, I could wear a dark undershirt or something with a, with a big pop of color. And, and that would be like a cool combo. I will always be able to find more cool fabrics and right. like, that's a sweet texture what is it going to replace? What, what does that do that I can't already do with my current clothes? Is it worth the replacement? I try to follow, but I fail at the one in one out. Sometimes I will use it to justify a purchase and then I conveniently neglect to get <laughs> follow rid of through. <laughs> Man, I love shoes. If, uh, I yeah, we out. could do a whole episode. <clears throat> oh, that. I think I need to come back to you about shoes. <laughs> yeah, when whenever you you want to go dressy, you want to go sneakerhead. I I have collected a lot of some performative clothing uh, yeah. in the shoe department, but but the also Velveeta of shoes. <laughs> oh, do you know about this Velveeta? <laughs> no, Velveeta's classification by like cheese governing bodies. It is it is not a flavor product. It is a performance product. Okay, that makes sense, the melting. <laughs> yeah, the melting characteristic, the textural rather than mm -hmm. anything to do with, you know, oh, this is gonna give the dish just the right taste. Like, <laughs> right. we want creamy, gooey, that's what we're going for. So some of my, some of my shoe collection was more in that, like, I'm buying this because it's crazy. <laughs> it's gooey. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, strong. That's my, my vice is I, I definitely spend a lot of money on shoes. I have a broad shoe collection. Damn. Uh, you my, can't borrow my shoes either. Sorry. My Thank you for the offer. In college, uh, he and I could could basically swap wardrobes. Like he is also six. I think he's six three instead of six four. Did but, you sometimes? Uh, yeah, we did, and that was as he would always be like, "Is this weird that we're you know raiding each other's closets?" And I'm like, "I don't have the money to buy that thing." But <laughs> he's smart. Like, I will just do that. Yeah, that is socially very abnormal for men. And why not? You're right, especially if you don't have the money and you're young and, and you trust the other person. I remember doing that sometimes at camp. And then um, 
realizing as soon as puberty hit that, oh, everyone is calling me names and that is part of the reason why they're calling me names. And mm, I still don't think it's a problem, but I guess I'm not gonna do it anymore. Uh, yeah. This sucks. Missed yeah. opportunity, kids are dicks. Kids are dicks. I hate all those stupid gender norms. I know. Fuck heteronormative masculinity, right? For sure. <laughs> I, I heard a cool term on a podcast the other day that you will enjoy. Heteromasculinity. Okay, tell me it, more. You like desire to drive big ass pickup trucks to prove how big your dick is. <laughs> and the like whole, yeah, I'm gonna go oh, this dog oh, call and like, yeah, that, that. My last question for you two is, I want both of you to describe the other style in as succinct uh, description as possible. That is such a hard question. It is. So it can be long. Dwight is someone who wants to be seen as fun, as approachable, despite his height, <laughs> um, but still put together, like someone who should be taken seriously, but not too seriously. <laughs> right? Like that's where he's willing to do the neon green pop of color in addition to the stripe on the bomber where that's not happening if I'm putting the wardrobe together. I don't know. How close did I get? I think that is a very apt description. Yes. Yeah. Now, Monica, the real question is, do you think he's approachable and fun? She married me. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in our courtship, I feel disgusting even saying that word, but <laughs> as we were getting to know each other and as we were dating, Dwight had this thing where uh, he told me a dad joke every day or like some kind of a shitty joke. And I, I loved it. I love stupid, stupid jokes. And uh, so yeah, fun and approachable from day one, it for helped, sure. It helps you to get over the sideburns I also had. At the oh time. my gosh, those were weaponized. <laughs> they yeah. were awful. Doom, doomsday burns. They were, they were not uh, quite my chin, but they were way down the cheek, like basically awesome. the jawline. Oh, those were so gross. Oh, they, I agree. They were, they were pretty heinous. <laughs> you <laughs> could do that again. I didn't have to really see them. So. <laughs> you could do that again from now until we get the vaccine. Good Lord. I've been growing my hair this whole time. My hair is very long, so. That's exciting. Yeah, I've been trying to do the neck beard thing too, but it just hasn't <laughs> come in the same way. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm letting my eyebrows grow back where I've constantly plucked since I was a teenager and haven't thought about it. So oh, yeah. I haven't decided, but I'm letting them grow and I'll think about it more later. And then clearly I'm doing this crazy handlebar fairly I successfully. I really like it. it looks, I think it's fun. It looks great. Here it goes. Monica looks youthful and she is as a person who looks youthful she has the opposite problem of me who's like a looming tall person uh -huh. she might be perceived as younger and that would detract from her credibility in her work um it would it would make it harder for folks to take her seriously if they thought like oh woman in her early 20s no experience why would I listen to her and so Monica's clothing brings with it authority and confidence without being overbearing or clinical. Like she has enough fun that people are like, mm, she gets it. And it's usually like an insider, like, oh, you, you paid enough attention to see this one detail that is super cool. And yeah. you have caught whatever that thing is. You're, you're in on the joke. That joke is the wrong word. You're in on the the like yeah. the, the wink, so to speak. And yeah, her clothing 
winks in a in a in a in an authoritative way. Fun CEO on the weekend. An yeah. authoritative wink. An authoritative. <laughs> oh, a winking sense of authority is maybe more the way I'd go with. It. This has been a blast. Thank you yeah. for letting us come talk to your your audience about our stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to to let them hear it. And I will be coming back for shoes. And I will be joining you with a mask in your closet soon. (laughs) Just let me know ahead of time so I can put on pants. Will do. (laughs) Thanks, Dwight. Thanks, Monica. Pleasure. Later, John. John Bye. Bye, buddy. Good to see you. Hey, Mm -hmm. so we are rehashing Dwight and Monica's interview. Oh, well, I'm... (laughs) First off, they are just an adorable couple. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun as a couple, aren't they? Oh, they're fun, and they are. They are. I can. You can tell they are each formidable humans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, man, and uh, gosh, with regard to fashion, man, I, I don't know. I, watch your back, dude. They, they might give you a run for your money. What do you think about that? Uh, money is the operative word here because <laughs> they spend more of it on clothing than I'm willing to and or able. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's saying something man i here's the thing i see you as a very frugal shop shopper but yeah. i i bet you've got quite a high dollar value on your entire wardrobe okay sure but my entire wardrobe is made up of clothing that i started purchasing in my teens which has been oh, yeah been a couple decades you got that vintage factor I, I was thinking um to ask you do you practice the one in one out <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I've tried. Here's the thing. I think I, you know me, I'm not diligent like you are. I have one in and then two in and then five in and then two more in. And then I have like 20 out. And I think, okay, okay that's good. But then I'll have one in and then three in. And I don't fucking know. And I don't really care. I only care if I have enough space. And if I actually wear the things that I keep. So I would say about 95% of what I have, I actually wear. Part of that is knowing for sure, because I never do my laundry. And so I have to wear some things by the time. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. No, okay. So uh, some, some quick feedback. Um, no, it was just a really entertaining conversation. Uh, the, the, again, yeah, fun. Fun is a great term. It was just really easy listening. Um, good quality stuff too. Man, I'm impressed. I, I, I don't know. I don't know which is more true. I don't know if like I continue learning of how ignorant I am, like Socrates <laughs> style, or if everyone around me just knows a ton about fashion and hasn't been talking about it. it Maybe both are true at the same time. But yeah, um, yeah here again. Um, Really impressed. You can tell they, they know their stuff. Uh, the coloring. I would definitely want to check with you on coloring because I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I have no idea what goes with. Uh, I don't even know how to finish the sentence. That That's how yeah. little I know about coloring. Um, I think the, the term used was saturation. That was new to me. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that term used with regard to fashion before. So I don't know if there's if that can fit into some episode future uh, in the future, but I think that would be really fun. And um, there were a lot of brands I didn't recognize. Uh, I believe it was um, Doc Martin. Did I get that right? His memory serves. Hadn't heard of that before. You're Sounds not joking. Like, no, you, 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 oh, I'm saying something stupid, aren't I? No, 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 you're not. <laughs> I, but I, I thought you might be joking for a second. So l- let me try to imagine a world where you don't understand that. I think... Oh, that sounded really judgmental, but I'm really, I really believe that this world exists. What exi- I'm here for, man. <laughs> this world exists. It's not just you. Um, everyone my age and Monica's age and, and a variety of other ages, uh, and especially older, 
would know what Doc Martens are. And everyone who is in high school right now knows what Doc Martens are. Why? Because the, because the 90s are back, bro. You miss them. What what is it? I I gathered from context that it was a shoe or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's no big deal that you don't know what this is, but but it is it's really fascinating to me culturally because I thought everyone knew about them. Why did I think that? Because most of my friends are my age, and because of knowing high school kids, aged kids, and that they know it. But it would make sense that people in between wouldn't no, know it. you being. I, eight years younger or whatever i, I know what chucks are obviously sure I know what, yeah yeah or uh mj's jordan's right but the, yeah. what, what is a doc martin it's just a shoe and and other people are going to fight me on that but that's really fascinating that this brand uh saturation i think that's actually a marketing term didn't maintain for your your generation because hmm. jocks know jocks know about doc martins in, in my era and jocks know about doc martins now so it's not just you i think it is your sub generation fascinating all right. So because uh, they're huge, you, I'm still not answering your question because I'm a little drunk and I'm a little high. But <laughs> Doug Martens are are like the, a massive English brand, and they're just they're shoes that were originally I think billed as being really comfortable and or good for your feet. They're not. They're just really chunky and durable, hyper popular shoes in England and in the United States in the 1990s. So I still have a pair like we talked about, but. Um, you'll look them up after and they're, you know, they're special and that they're durable and that they had a moment in time and, and they're having a moment again with, with teenagers. Um, but it's no big deal that you don't know them. Okay. Wow, I'm looking them up right now. Okay. Do it. Oh, do it. oh, oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're boots. They're boots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interesting. I, hmm. yeah, nope. I have no grid for these. Mm-mm. Yeah. And you don't have I, to. I know Timberlands. Like that's the boot name I, I've recognized, but right. Anyway, I digress. So uh, what are my points here? My points are color, feedback, want to learn more about that, saturation. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, just some of these brands I hadn't heard of. Now, I had heard of J. Crew, um, but I couldn't tell you more about them than that. I followed them on Instagram for a hot second. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, some more brands that um, you haven't mentioned to me already, because uh, yeah. I think I, I get the elementary brands, right? But I know there are like several levers, levels up from that. So maybe a second or third level about brands I might be interested in. Um, they're, more, they're more expensive and they're a little bit harder to find, but I think Dwight and Monica would, would heavily argue that in their opinion, they're worth it. I don't have experience with those brands, but um, okay. a cursory glance of some of their websites seem like, yeah, one day soon, maybe you would be interested in uh, learning from them and, and checking out those sites that are beyond me. Yeah. And I have to say too, they're a little um, less exciting for me um, and sure. because I'm a little excessively flashy and whorish. <laughs> And another thing is you're you're thrifty, and you're probably not going to find those at you know your uh, St. Vinny's or Dickinson's or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another point is um, j- just shoes. I mean, we've already touched on that. I know there will be a, at least that. Shoes are your thing. Nothing more needs to be said. I'll just say that I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I'll mention uh, the professional attire. I would enjoy. I don't know if that merits its own full episode. We've already more or less covered dress shirts, but um, for example, the sizes that Dwight listed off. Um, I think. I could piece together what he was talking about, but I couldn't tell you those same measurements for myself. Uh, for example, I, I think one of them is probably a chest measurement. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is probably a neck measurement. I don't yes. know those things for myself, and I don't know how important they would be. Um, we tried on that blazer um, at uh, Express, so it'd be mm-hmm. fun to learn more about like how how that is supposed to fit. Um, not that I'd ever need more than you know one or two or maybe three of those types of things, but I definitely want to have one to three really nice, well fitted things of, of that nature yeah um, 
and I think the last piece of feedback I have for you is uh, when you go and you check out Dwight's closet, uh, record that. And, um, you know, Closet Wars, Dwight and Jonathan, I, I, I think the listeners might enjoy that. <laughs> I think you could be right. What I thought you were going with there was this recorded because it may be the last we hear of you before you're cannibalized. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I thought oh. you were gonna... <laughs> That's no that's no shade to Dwight. I think that makes him seem cooler and also our book club spent a lot of time on cannibalism right before you joined. I was going to say that's a little over my head. I don't know, man. It seemed like a pretty sensitive thing. To say. <laughs> okay, there's there's some scaffolding here. <laughs> my hope is that he loves that comment and my fear would be that he hates it, but no, he's not going to hate it. He just might dislike it. <laughs> You're going to edit all that out, aren't you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Something you talked about with colors and matching and, and pairing up colors. Uh, Monica talked for a hot second about mixing patterns. And uh, mm -hmm. that is something that um, is related to some things that you've said too, like learning the rules and then figuring out where to break them and which ones to break and how to break mm -hmm. them. Yeah, I'd love to learn more. Yeah, it's fun. It is almost like a freeing sense of like, I can do whatever I want with clothes when you mix two patterns and do it in a way that people actually uh, respond to in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, that sounds dope. Let's end with a quote. All right. Okay, tell me what you think about this quote. It's from... A poet named Richard Everhart, he says, style is the perfection of a point of view. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that speaks to well, just different styles generally, right? Like it's a form of expression. And what, what portion of your personality do you want to show the world? And you can do that via clothes. Absolutely. It's a quick way to do it. Well, call it a quintet, Jonathan. That's episode five. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> Yay! This has been an episode of Can I Pull This Off? <laughs> Thank you for listening.